Okay, and then I just drive to the next. Yeah. 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 And obviously, if it's Taylor and Taylor Lashon Hedo, and since Pashmi Kate always comes out of Hanukkah, we have to find the Ramazim, the Ramazim that connect Hanukkah to. Connect Hanukkah, Bashmi Kate to Hanukkah. It's Yudua. It is very well known that every parsha has at the end of the parsha the amount of psukim that we have in the parsha. Bashmi Kate. Bashmi Kate says that there are 2,025 words in the parsha. <coughs> Why would it say 2,025 words rather than the psukim? This is the first Ramah's hint that it has to Hanukkah. It tells us We light eight nadas during Hanukkah. We light eight candles during the week of Hanukkah. The word candle is spelled nun reish in Hebrew, ner. And the gematria, the numerical value for the word ner, is 250. Eight times 250 is 2,000. And on the 25th day of the month of Kislev, we begin to light the menera. So therefore we have the 2,025. <laughs> I have to send out a little bit of apology here before we continue. Apparently there's been a, according to emails and according to uh, actual visits that I had with people recently, I don't translate everything into English properly, sometimes. And... It gets confusing, they said. So, Billy Nether, I will try to uh, be a little more meticulous with that so as not to confuse. Now, as we spoke now, that it has to have 2,025 words in the Pasha. We have a little bit of a trivial problem in the Pasha. Basik tells us, Karu le Yesef Avreich. They called to Yesef Avreich. He was called Avreich. Mepharshim tell us, Rashi says, it's two separate words. Avreich is Avreich. And Rashi explains the different concepts of his being soft, of his being fatherly. So it's Nigea Pasha to make up the 2025 words when we have it Avreich as two separate words. And that's why we have the Kesher of 2025 with the Ne'er as we said. Another very, very profound connection. It was the end of the Shnosayim Yomim, says the Pasuk. Shnosayim is an acronym, is a Rosh 
The word Shnosayim stands for Smel Ner Tadlik Yemin Mezuzah. The Menera is lit on the left side and on the right is a Mezuzah. And again, another direct hint to the word, to the concept of Hanukkah in Bashmikates. Um And there are several other such connections. And they're also going to, since Shabbos Minchi, we're going to lay in Pash we'll find in Vayigash as well several connections that go to Hanukkah. And since they are on the same Shabbos, and they're both read on the Shabbos of Hanukkah, therefore, it's only apropos to mention them all. Basik tells us they sat down to the meal. The brothers sit down to a meal and they say, V'taveach Tevach. Again, they should sit down and they will prepare the meal. Again, V'taveach Tevach is the gematria of 44. The words V'taveach Tevach, if we do the math, the math, Vav is 6, Tes is 9, Bez 2, Ches 8. The Tavayach Tevach comes up to the numerical value of 44, which is also the Nedes, including the Shamosim. Each night, if you add up how many lights we light, with one first night, two the second is three, <coughs> etc. One of the more profound forms of Terah, again connecting these parshas with Hanukkah, they tell Yaakov, they tell Yosef, Shuvu shiveru lonu miat eichel. Let us sit and let us break bread. We'll sit down and break the lonu. We look at the word lonu. The word lonu is lamid nun vav. Lamid is thirty. Nun is fifty, and vav is six which is 86 in total. He says, Shuvu shivdulanu miat eichel, let us take the word lanu and let us break it. Let us take the word Lano and break it. How do we break the word Lano? As we said, 30, 50, and 6 is 86. If we break 86 in half, we divide 86 in half. 86 divided by 2 is 43. 43. Then he says, Me'at Eichel. Let's take Me'at from the word Eichel. A little from the word Eichel, the smallest letter of the word Eichel, eat. Aleph, Chof, Lamed. The, the smallest letter is Aleph. Aleph is one. So we take Lanu, which is 86, and divide it in half, is 43. And Ma'at Eichel, the least letter from Eichel, which is Aleph, is 44. Again, the 44 for representing the candles of Hanukkah. Another implication in Vayigash. Yosef asks the brothers, Hayesh lechem of Oyoch, 
do you have a father or a brother? And they answer, Yeshlanu of Zakin. We have a father. That's an old man. Of is spelled Aleph Days. Och is Aleph Ches. There's a famous Machlekes in Hilchis Chanukah between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Do we light the first night one, the second night two, the third night three, etc., like we do it, which is according to Beis Hillel? Or according to Beishamai who says we light the first night eight and the next night seven, etc. It's a very interesting pilpo on how that works, by the way. Yesh Lachem of Aach, he says, means, stands for, do you have of, do you light olive bays? first night one and the second night two etc whoops or oh, you light on the first night eight etc So they answer, so Jesus and the brothers answer, Yesh Lanu of. We have Aleph Bays. We light the first night one and the next night second two. Zokin, according to Hillel Hazokin. So of Zokin. According to Hillel Hazokin, Hillel Hazokin holds that we light the first night one and then etc., two, etc. What is the reason for Hillel to like that way? Because Hillel says that we have to always, in Kedusha, we have to be massive for Hillel. We have to add and add and grow and grow. So we'll come back to different references of Hanukkah. I just want to mention one little (coughs) phenomenon. A word that I saw today that um famous Gemara that everyone knows the miracle of Hanukkah we refer to the miracle of Hanukkah what was the miracle of Hanukkah the the Shemigdash was destroyed and they found one cruise of oil and if you ask anyone Remembering, studying the story of Hanukkah, they will tell you they found one cruise of oil with the seal of the Kayan Gadol on it. With the seal of the Kayan Gadol on it. question is Tasis asks the question even if it had the seal of the King God on it how did you know I just didn't that the guy didn't touch this bottle the problem was <coughs> they didn't touch this bottle they didn't see this bottle I mean well, it makes no sense another question 
We don't see. Oh, so he answers because it was buried in the ground. And for Tesis. Tesis says it was buried in the ground. Tells Hakasha, buried in the ground. Makes no sense, it's buried in the ground. Doesn't say anywhere in the Gemara, it was buried in the ground. On what basis is this saying it was buried in the ground? And another question is asked by Mephashim, Bechlal tell me, what is the seal of the King Godel doing on a bottle of oil? It doesn't say anywhere that the King Godel was responsible to make this oil. What do you have a signal? What do you, have? you put a seal on something. When you finish making something, you finish making it, you close it off, and you seal it. You put your seal. But if you're the one that's, you're not the one in charge, why are you making this oil? Why are you putting your seal on it? Let's look at the Lush and the Gemara. Hayamunach bechismei kayin gadol. It was lying there with the signature of the Kain Gadol. If this had the, the seal of the Kain Gadol on it, it would not say Munach Imchismai. It would say Munach Chasum Meximas Kain Gadol. It would say it's sealed by the Kain Gadol. The Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara says that it was lying with the seal of the Kain Gadol. And if that's the case, what is that an ayah to us that it wasn't seen by a guy, it wasn't touched by the guy? Zaktin's name, Hagufa. That's not the story. The seal of the king Gadol was a ring, an expensive gold ring. And they had the signature on the ring. So when he put something on a piece of foil, for example, and the foil was stamped by his ring. Munach bechismi king Godel, the king Godel's ring was lying there too. So it was the cruise of oil with the king's ring next to it. Munach bechismi, it was resting with the seal. Had the Romans seen this, they would have taken the ring. It was a very, very valuable thing. It was expensive gold. Yes, they didn't take the gold. They didn't take the ring. They obviously didn't see it. If they didn't see the ring, they didn't see the oil. So how do we know, therefore, that the that the oil was pure because it was lying with the signature of the kengadol? Doesn't have to mean that it was sealed with the signature of the kengadol. It can mean very. And this is something that fifty plus years of my life, I always dreamt, I always heard the story of Hanukkah. They found it with the seal of the kengadol. And the question, Mefarshim ask, why did the kengadol seal it? What is it a lesson to us, and how does that work in Hanukkah? The halach and Hanukkah, I told you I wouldn't go, I said I'm going to go back to the Pasha first, but it's like a long spaghetti you get stuck on sometimes and you can't get it off, you got to finish that spaghetti, it's stuck. There's a halach and Hilkas Hanukkah. That halach, we only have to light one candle a night. According to halach, we light one candle a night. Mehadrin min mahadrin, says Shachan If somebody is a very, very... Um, likes to glorify their mitzvahs, likes to glorify what they're doing, then they light each night an extra licht. And everybody knows, traditionally, that's what we do. We light the first night one, the second night two, etc. So we go according to... Why do we go according to Mahathir Mahathir? What is wrong with us lighting one candle a night? On what basis do we have to act with Mahathir and Mahathir? This is what the Yimad is telling us. The Chesemes King Godl was there because the King Godl was a Mahadrim and a Mahadrim. He let everything, he didn't have to do this. He would do all his karbanas, he would use the special oil. The oil that he used was good enough for the Meneda. Therefore, he prepared his oil for the, his oil for the karbanas, for his sacrifices. And always put his seal on it. 
Now, we have a famous question, which incidentally, if anyone's interested, recently they gave out a book, and this year, a few years ago, there's a hundred answers to this question. The book of a hundred answers on this famous question. The famous question is, why is, why is Hanukkah eight nights? We all know, because the oil burned for eight nights. But the first night, there was enough oil. There was enough oil for the first night. So what's the miracle? So the off-the-cuff answers that we all have is that the first night was a miracle, they found oil. Or that the first night, they put in just enough oil, they divided up the bottle into eight. But that doesn't make sense, that answer anyway, because you're not allowed to. You have to light it, so it's going to burn all night. But all right. Here we have another answer to the question. This oil was not manure oil. We just said this, this oil was used for the Kayim Gadol, for his Karbanas. For the Kayim Gadol's Karbanas, he needed three lug oil. The jar that he used was three lug. It's a measurement. The Menorah had each cup a half a lug. And there were seven cups in the Menorah. So how large was the jug they used to fill the Menorah? Three and a half. And his is only three. So therefore, it was enough to burn the whole night, the first night. Therefore, that in itself was a mess. So the first night, they didn't find enough oil for the first night, Taka. They found enough a little short for the first night. Based on that, they were able to bring it. They, they printed now, they just gave out yesterday, or today, I don't know when it came out, a very, very phenomenal letter, a story that just happened. Um, a doctor, Dr. Grobois, Grobui, I guess, was hiking in Washington. And Achman al-Atzlan, he uh, suffered most of his hypothermia, and he died, 54 years old. Healthy guy, good hiker. The kids, are the, uh, they had to bring him back to New York for burial. But the medical examiner over there was a very big anthocyanate, and he insisted on making a, an autopsy. The Shliach Rabbi Heber over there was brought into the case. Tzvi Glock was brought into You read it? No, you stood it, right? Yeah. Tzvi Glock was brought into the story. There was tons of Chesed Shalemis, and this, every organization they could gave into this, got involved. And fought tooth and nail to make sure there wouldn't be. They finally ended up in court. Going into court, they brought in big, big lawyers, big gun, big shot lawyers. And the big shot lawyers came in, and they advised the local lawyer what to do and how to say. Came before the judge, and they won. But the medical examiner said, no, I'm going to appeal. So they went to the park ranger that found him's body in the park. They had to go with helicopters to find it. They went to the park ranger and they found, they found the body. And he said, he will testify that the guy, he found the body and there was nothing. There's no wounds or anything. There's no reason for a autopsy. And he testified. The kids of the appeal was lost and the judges threw the guy out, the medical examiner. And it was a big kid Hashem. However, the story, I, mean, it's, I, I shortened the story sufficiently because I really wanted to just tell the end of the story. Um, in the end of the story, what happens if I open this page? Do people see me? I don't see yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. They can see me. Okay, so I can open this page up so I can read it like a mensch. At the end of the story, several days after this whole thing happened, Rabbi Gluck gets a phone call, Tzvi Gluck, from Yu Nering, who's the park ranger that testified. And Mr. Nering said, I have to tell you something very important. You're not going to believe it, but this is the story. Last Tuesday night, when I, after I found the body of Dr. Groby, I had a dream. I dreamt I was in Israel attending a Jewish funeral. I was never in Israel in my life, I never attended a Jewish funeral in my life. 
But, I, that's where I was. And the men were on one side, the women on the other side, they were eulogizing. And I hear amongst the, eulog- the eulogies, they're thanking me. They're thanking me. I said, why did they thank me? I was doing my job. I found the body. When you called me to come testify in court, I realized that's my calling. This is what they were thanking me for. And I had to go and testify. Says, that's why I testified, because I realized that the funeral party of this Jewish funeral, which ultimately they took him to Hetzel, was already beckoning me from here. And that's why, when you asked that testify, I came to testify. We have very, very many different, many, many problems with this week's parasha. One of the first questions we come up with after Yosef makes a total idiot out of Parai, he literally, he just takes him apart. And Parai puts him in second in command and gives him an Egyptian name because how are you going to rule my country with a name like Yosef? So he gives him a name, Osnas Paneach. Osnas Paneach. Which, if you look into the Torah properly, you will see he's never referred to that name. He never used the name. He might have gotten an Egyptian passport or visa with a name on it, but he never used it. And that's why the end of of, of Reishis, it says, Vayomos Yosef. Yosef died. Yosef Hayab Mitzrayim. Why is it repeated? It repeats it because he di- Yosef died and he always was Yosef in Mitzrayim. He never changed his name. With the the king told him, your name is Tzofas Baneach, and he told him, Kushan Tos. Yosef goes, and the first thing he says, okay, I'm in charge. Call my local mail. I got some business for him. And everyone in Egypt, all the men in Mitzrayim have to have a bris. <laughs> half the dick. Half the Out of all things. So the Pashas we say, when the Abish commands Avraham Avinu to have a bris, the Abish says to him, Hamel Yimel, Yelid Besecha or Mikne Kaspecha. Every child of yours and everyone that you own has to have a bris. So not only the Mishpachas of Abraham Vinu had to have a bris, but anyone that he purchased, anyone that's found in his rishos, he had to, had to have a bris. So according to this, since Yosef was Shalit al Haaretz, he ruled now the land. Everybody, all the people in Mitzrayim were his charges, as we call them. <coughs> so therefore, and we know, he says, that party tells them, Without him, nobody lifts the hand or leg. Nobody can move. So we see all the people in Mitzrayim were his rishos. Till, as Das of Kamer and some Rishayim say, that the people in Medina, they themselves are purchased by the king. So therefore, since they were his purchase, he had to see to it before he gives them any food that they had to have a bris. So he goes out on the limb and he pardon the French. And uh, he sees to it they have a bris. Oh, that was a bad one. Did anyone want to erase that one? It was really not meant that way. Wow. Okay. Yehuda is a very serious story. Yehuda takes on a very serious act as well. He becomes a, a an Arif to his father. Anything should happen to Binyamin, he takes on Achrayas. It's very, very deep, the entire concept of what he was going on about.
leave that for now. <laughs> That's little Yosef. It's my catch. Young fellow comes into Mitzrayim. They pull him out of prison. He translates the dream. And then he keeps going. And if you want my advice, he says, Pari, you better do such, such, and such. You got to take away the storehouses and fill them up. And then the seven years... Think about them. The fact in, in being in smart politics is only answer what you asked. So how did he all of a sudden start giving advice? And what made him think that he's going to give advice and they're going to listen to him? The first dream we see was the animals. And the next dream was the stalks. What confused Pare so much here? What confused Pare was the animals are gemishpit, they have a Rosh Hashanah, they are, the, the heavenly decree on them, for the annual heavenly decree, is Rosh Hashanah, which is in the month of Tishrei. In Tishrei, Rosh Hashanah, we say what's going to happen with the people, with the animals. The wheat, in turn, has a different Rosh Hashanah, which is a Shchedish Nisan. So Pare could not understand how these two dreams could be the same. This is talking about Chedesh Tishrei, this is talking Chedesh Nisan. Where do they come off as one thing? Thereby, Yosef says to explain. That's why he tells him, so not that he was giving him an Eitzah, he wasn't giving him an idea how to do things, how to run things. This itself was an explanation to the dream. The explanation that they feel that the people are going to have what to eat and not going to have what to eat. All this is part, part and parcel of the explanation. So it wasn't shot that he was giving him actual Eitzes. Interestingly, one of the things that Yasef does when his brothers are sitting around, he decides to ply them with liquor. He tells them, Yishtu v'yishkiru imi. Imi. They sat, they drank, and they got drunk with him, practically. The brothers were holy people. They come to Mitzrayim to drink wine? It's a guy's wine. How can they dare to drink it? Sechta Shabbos, Tavkuf Lametesam Abayz, the Mashah brings down. Moiri Dikathim. We all know Nicholas Yain Yetzisod. Person, wine comes in, it plies out the truth of the person. No, if the wine is going to ply out the truth of the person, and the king here is just calling you Meraglim, calling you spies, he's implying that you're a spy and that you're coming to destroy his country, and you're trying to disprove him of this. Then he turns around and says, you know what, come drinking up wine. let's drink something. I'll loosen your tongue. So if indeed you are a spy, you have what to worry about. If indeed you attack a spy, you have to watch out what you're going to drink over here. Because you don't want your tongue loosened. You don't want the secrets to come out. But if you're not a spy, and you have nothing to hide... The boss, the, the host says, drink, you drink. I don't care, I'm not to hide. I'll get drunk, you'll hear the same story. <coughs> so in Etzin, it was Pekulach Nefesh. They drank the wine not knowing it was good. Ultimately, there was no problem with the wine, because it was Yasef's. But they drank it because they were worried that if they don't drink, he's going to say, aha, you have something to hide. You're not drinking because you have something to hide. You don't want to talk. If that's the case, then I'm going to have you all hung for treason.
So therefore they sat and they drank with him. You know, we have different mentalities of people. Different people that have different jobs and lead different types of lives have attitudes, different way, different approaches to different things. You're not going to find the attitude of a of a lawyer to be the same of a farmer. It's it's a natural. It's in, becomes inborn. We know the famous story, and this is unfortunate. If you're not on Skype and you're not sitting here, you're not going to appreciate the story. But there are many people that are going to hear the story online tonight, tonight and tomorrow, and you're going to miss it. The two, Israel, two Israelis were very close friends in school. And they grew up, and each one went his way. One went into shipping, and he worked on ships, and one was in agriculture, he worked in the fields. After 20, 30 years, they meet each other. And the fellow that worked on the ships was walking like this. Because after all, when you walk on a ship, you've got to balance yourself. The ship is moving back and forth. So you learn to walk like this even when you're walking on straight ground. You're not watching. You're going to lose You're going to miss the story. And he sees, the other guy sees him and he says to him, I see that your job uh, had some kind of effect on you. You walk like the ship. He says, what should I do? 30 years on a boat, you know. He says, what about you working agriculture in the fields? Didn't affect you? He goes... Okay, it was lost. If you ever sat in the fields in Israel, they were like, <laughs> the sprinklers. So he says the has to be affecting was job affects a person. Yosef's brothers come before him, and he's talking to them their language. He's talking to them their type of understanding. So what goes on? Field work. How to be a shepherd. You're sitting here in the kingdom. Now we know, of course, that the Tsar had a custom, a very interesting custom. Once a month, he disappeared for a week. Where did he go? He would dress up incognito, he'd change his clothes, and he'd go out and live the life of a person. This is a person. Once a month, one month he would decide he's going to get a cobbler. The next month he was a water carrier. The next month, every month he took on a different profession. Why? So he could live with his people. He can relate to what they go through. No. The month came for the czar to go out and become a schnurra. He was going to go collect. Zah is going out to collect. Nobody knew where he went. No, they knew he went away for a week. Everybody knew that for a week, he was, once he left, he was gone for a week. All of a sudden, after two days, the Zah is back. Phew! So his advisors come over to him and they say, I don't know what profession you went out to do, but every profession you lasted a whole week, this profession you could only last two days. He says, listen to me. I went out this week to be a shnara. He says, why did you come back after two days? He says, it's addictive. If I would stay a whole week, I wouldn't come back to the palace. Shnara, <laughs> You know, the Yerushalmi was walking around collecting ones like this. So the guy says to him, Sticha, Adani, Shnara, Sosim Kacha. What are you doing with two hands? Shnara's walk with one. He says, no, patakti sniff. I opened the branch. Business was going well. Jesus' brothers did not understand where this king comes off to understand the master of shepherdhood. How could this guy be one of us? He, doesn't, he was never a shepherd. 
they did not recognize him because they couldn't recognize how, how is it possible that he thinks in the same way that we do if he was never a shepherd. Yeah, a very famous Shaila. We know that Yosef marries Oslas Bas Patifera. Who was Osnas? How did he marry Osnas? <laughs> Son comes home one day and says, Dad, I'm engaged to be married. He says, Really? What's her name? Mary O'Brien. Zashiksa? He says, Dad, what's the difference? Shiksa, Shmiksa, we eat pork and your kipper in our house. Father says, what we do in our house is our business. You can't marry a shiksa. Says, but dad, we love each other. So, so she has to convert to Judaism. What does it mean? Let her find out. Okay, he goes and he tells his girlfriend. She says, okay, I'll look into it. She goes to the reform rabbi. She starts discussing conversion. And he starts telling her, I'll throw water at you. This and that, you'll be fine. She says, no, 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 no. That's no difference to me. If I'm going to convert, I'm going to think about converting right. She goes to the conservative rabbi, also a very watered-down version of conversion. She goes to the orthodox rabbi. You have to sit and study Teda, and you have to learn, and you have to know, and you have to this, you have to that. Not so simple. <coughs> I don't advise it. Well, me don't advise it. The other rabbis were saying, come on, give me the 10,000 bucks and you're a, you're a Jew. And you're pushing me away? And you're not even telling me about money? Listen, my guys, you should not go away from here. It's not for a nice Jewish girl. It's not for, you don't need it. She says, no, I, I want to know what Judaism is about. And she pursued and she studied and studied and she converted. He said, after that. She was a real convert. No, she's a film girl. She marries the boy she loved. And the first Shabbos, the father and son were partners in business. It's the first Shabbos. After the wedding, the son doesn't show up at work. Not now. <laughs> son doesn't show up to work. The father calls him up. It's a winter day. To find out where he is. Doesn't answer the phone. He said, Doesn't answer the phone. So he goes and trudges in the cold and he walks down to the son's house and he's yeah. ringing the bell. There's some jelly ring. A jelly ring. He rings the bell and nobody opens the door. Nobody's buzzing him in. It's freezing outside. He goes around to the service entrance. He's banging on the door. And they open the door and he walks into this beautiful, luxurious ta- table laid with candles and with beautiful dishes. And he smelled the cholent. Amazing! He starts screaming, Son! I called you! Why didn't you answer your phone? He says, Dad, it's Shabbos. The wife told me I can't answer the phone on Shabbos. He says, But... I rang the bell. Why didn't you buzz me in? He says, why did you show up at work? He says, because it's Shabbos. I rang the bell. Why didn't you buzz me in? He says, Dad, my wife said Shabbos. You can't buzz the bell. The guy got so frustrated. You didn't come to work. You didn't answer the phone. You didn't buzz me in. He slams on the table and he says to him, I told you not to marry a shiksa, he says. Where does Asnas come to the picture here? Who's Asnas? She didn't. Her name was Asnas. Later, when the brothers came, she became Asnat. <laughs> Asnas is an Egyptian name. What happened to Dina? You know what happened to her? When Dina was in Shechem, she became pregnant. What she have? She had an osnas. But the busha was too much. To have her around her was too embarrassing. 
They shipped her off. Prior to prior to shipping her off, Yaakov made her a kamea. <coughs> and he put it around her neck. And it said, this is a bas Yaakov. This is a bas Yaakov, you know. So when Yasef was walking down Main Street, Egypt, he was a very handsome fellow. And very attractive. All the girls were clamoring. Everybody wanted to marry me, marry me. All the shvigas actually were standing there. Marry my daughter, marry my daughter. Obviously, you can't. Shidduch. Osnas took the kamea and threw it to him. Yasef found the kamea and he read it. That this is a daughter, a granddaughter of, of Yaakov. And thereby knowing that she's a Jewish girl, he was able to marry her. So that's how Osnas came into the family, as we say. Came back. Yeah, she was brought back. She was saved. Hanukkah begins Chofei Kislev. Yesterday, Chofei Kislev. It's the Cheshbon Chofei Kislev. Out of all the dates of the year, why Chofei Kislev? Farshim tell us that the Besamikdash, the Mishkan, the Mishkan was ready for Chanukah Sam Mishkan on Chafei Kislev. Which you're saying the first Mishkan? It says in the Pasuk, according to the Lashon of it was Chafei Kislev. But, but, David just said, no, wait till the Shkhedis Nisan. So Chafei Kislev was deprived. They just said, I'll pay you back. How was Rafi Kisle paid back? And the Chanukah Samikdash. Basic says, and we read in today's Kriya, Zeis Chanukah Samizbeach. So the Chanukah Samizbeach that we're talking about over here should have happened happened during the time of Besamim, during the time of Meshavim. But we do back to the Gematria world. Zeis Chanukah Samizbeach is the same Gematria as Zeis Yiyah Bimei Chashmanayim. This is going to take place in the days of the Chashmanayim. And that's how the Chanukah Samizbeach was brought then. Did you check this? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you could do the math at home. The Timu Kolashmanim. If the the Yivanim didn't want the Eden, the Chashmanim didn't want the Jews to light the menorah. <laughs> what did they do with Timu Kalashmanim? They made all the oils tummy. Technically, spill the oil out. Burn the oil. What did you do with Timu Kalashmanim? But this was the ultimate loneliness. How low the Kalashmanim, the Yivanim were. They said, light the Mineta. We want the Mineta lit. But we want it lit with our oil. We want to live with impurities. We want you to live your life. Tate is beautiful. Tate is magnificent. The intelligence, the brilliance, it's fantastic. But we don't want... We don't want you to use it as a book of God. We want you to use it as a culture. 
And this is exactly what goes on today. How people live the Torah life in a convenience. What's convenient for them. And this we find also, Yaakov tells the brothers, before they leave, how they have to be mispowered. Now technically, why do they have to be mispowered? He said it's a surefire thing. It's like, hi. This is Moshe Tzvi Hecht. Right? You're Moshe Tzvi Hecht? Ah. Yeah. It's the car. Or you pulled it off your shirt. So this is what he said. He said, you have to be misspelled. We don't take things for granted. We don't take things for granted. We have to live according to the Abishta's dictum. And this is how the Abishta wants us to build up. And this is how the Abishta wants us to prepare ourselves. And when the Greeks wanted the Eden to light oil that was tummy, that was that was desecrated, their goal was to make the Eden serve God. But not as a God, a spiritual God. But like they serve. Yeah. Okay, now, we're going to do something very untraditional tonight. We're going to cut this year short because we have company. And all he wants to do is sing with Zadie. You want to sing with Zadie? No, he showed you that he gets the call at the store. Wow. Okay, good thing, Okay, so good night. Cook, my she's a good night, Sazi. No? I'm not feeding him also, that's out of hand. Okay. Zait's gesund Jiden, a freile can kanake, a freile can tomid, ha, He's gonna eat a lot, kid. Smacha bracha, zay heis, zay el heis. Ay, 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 caramba. Okay, turn it off. <laughs> Alright, that is what we got.